0: Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. Our topic today is the call to soar forward. Erica and I were on a a long break of our meditation and prayer retreat, and we have one coming up in November, by the way. (laughs) 10th through the 13th, as you saw in the the announcements. And uh, we were on a break, and it was a lovely, it was this past June, a lovely day and clear blue skies. And we kept hearing the buzzing of planes going over pretty regularly, five minutes, and then about five or ten minutes, another one would come over. And Erica said, what, are, what is all that? Why so many? And I said, well, if you notice, those planes are towing another plane, an engineless plane called a glider. And there's this cord connecting the two of them, and it's towing. And I've got to imagine that these are cadets from the Air Force Academy um, who are in the process of mastering the fine art of flight, and they're doing this through the glider planes. They're being towed up there. And as I shared that with her, I remembered something. I recalled that in the early 80s, a couple of buddies uh, here in high my, and myself, we went up to the Jefferson County Airport and we signed up and bought glider plane rides. I remembered that for years. And I remember sitting in that little slim glider plane that sits right on the ground. There's just a little tire holding it up and, and uh, seeing the cord going there and then giving thanks for the experienced pilot behind me <laughs> in this two-seater. And then being towed up taking off and being towed up on this line by this Cessna or Piper Cub, I don't know which. And, and then um, it, I, we got to see, it was a glorious day, I remember, and uh, you could see forever um, uh, in our area. And then I hear, over the headset, the, the pilot behind me say, okay, pull the release lever, pull the release mechanism lever, <laughs> and a part of me in that instant thought, I'm having a great time as it is. <laughs> um, But again, he said, pull the lever, and I did, and then we were airborne free, no engine, and the beautiful sound of the wind, and the feeling that we hadn't had before, and and him letting me have the stick a little while, and making sure I didn't get too crazy. And um, it was a really powerful experience, and as I reflected on that memory, it dawned on me what a powerful metaphor of transformation, liberation, and personal evolution that is. Powerful metaphor. And and I want to delve into that. And one of the key ideas that come forth in this is that life always supports its creation's fulfillment. Life always supports its creation. Support will always be provided. Essential support. Now, it's essential that the glider plane be towed to altitude by the engine plane or the glider cannot fulfill its purpose which is to give the pilots in training the opportunity to really sense the air to really become pilots really fly to sense the nuances the updrafts the downdrafts the currents of the air a good glider pilot can stay aloft all day because they know it that well and So the toe is essential, but it's equally essential that the release mechanism be pulled so that that can all unfold and that whole process can happen. Every one of us was delivered to this world from the womb of our mothers. And shortly after we were born, it was essential that we cut that umbilical cord connecting us. So that we could live and so that we could learn to operate upon this plane. Now, what I know is that if in the womb we were thinking and choosing as we do now, we might have proclaimed, you know, I'm doing just fine. I'm getting food regularly, kind of an inner DoorDash. It's comfy here, um, it's controlled temperature and I have no challenges. I'm gonna stay tethered to mama. <laughs> Yet a wider dimension of experience awaited each of us. And so there comes a time when almost every source of energy, support, elevation that propels us in, the li- in this life must be released that we might know more of our own capacities, that we might awaken to more of our personal and spiritual powers in this life. And to recognize that these invaluable, precious support mechanisms that supply us, they're in our lives for a reason and also for a season. And very few, if any of them, really last forever. Okay, And so what we get to learn is when is it time to cut the security line and am I alert to when a blessing has now become a limitation in my experience? Our country, we were seeded colonies of Great Britain and then the repressive and oppressive policies made our relationship with Great Britain outmoded and non-productive, and so the colonists pulled the release mechanism. And in so doing, they launched a great and ongoing experiment in democracy, in the kind of system that could allow individuals to develop and reveal their potential. That, could, that was based on religious pluralism, despite the distorting ideas that are being put out there. We were designed to be a religiously pluralistic society, a society that could be inclusive of all beings, with liberty and justice for all. It's a great thing that they did. And so indeed, there are key moments on our journey when the guiding intelligence within every one of us issues the call to soar free. And I got a sense that this love intelligence that brought us here, that lives within us, that creates through us, it loves, it loves this whole process. It loves that call. The Spirit says to us, find that which elevates you. Find that which propels you. Use it well. And then know the time when it's important To let it go. And to release that mechanism. Pull the release lever. Soar. You can soar. And of course, as I am want to do, I created an acronym for soar. (laughs) Seize opportunity and release. Life is saying that. There will be a time when it's important for you to seize opportunity and release so you can really fly in this life and really go for it. Also knowing that new sources of support and elevation are always available when we let go of the former and the lesser. But the tendency then, the challenge is we get dependent on a familiar source of support or energy in our life. We get dependent on the way it is or was in our life. And so we start clinging tenaciously and fiercely to uh, so much. Uh, all of that being of the world of change, and yet we cling. And Ram Das said that we, that you when you cling to that which changes you, suffer. And we create this kind of suffering in our life. And so I 'm inviting you today, and as I do part two next Sunday, to ask the question: Where in my life am I clinging? Where am I resisting life-changing? experiences? Where am I resisting the change that could enhance my life? Where am I delaying, delaying the breakthroughs into more of what I am, into more of what I'm designed and destined to be? Am I willing to get good at knowing when it's time to pull that release lever? And I think the profound way of living is to be so alert to that, that rather than needing a lot of pushing from the universe or from circumstance, a lot of sheer necessity, that we see it coming and we rush to greet it. And that we are proactive. A great example of this is a lady I love so much, and many of you hold her dear in your hearts too, and that's Dr. Marjorie Stom, uh, the late Dr. Marjorie Stom, one of our fine associate ministers. I had the privilege of working with her for um, 25 years or so, She gave so much to this ministry and this church. And I loved a style of living of hers, which was to greet change and rush to it and allow it to happen, not reluctantly, but proactively. In fact, I remember when she was winding up her career here, she had been, over many months, giving away the various aspects of her portfolio to various members of staff and ministers. And she was getting everything ready, And then one day, she walked in, handed me a key and said, my office is now bare. it's yours to use, whomever you want in there. And she said, "Um, I'll still be on the team, but I'll be working from another place. And uh, so I'm I'm done with it as it is. And then she got in her big blue Buick and she drove over to her favorite cleaners, corner cleaners. And she had developed a deep friendship with the owner, Merrily. And she went in and said, Merrily, I'm stepping into a new life. And I love you, but I'm not going to see you again. And it's been a wonderful thing. Thank you. Then she got in that vehicle and she drove to a car lot, a car dealer. Sold the car dealer to them. And had them drive her to her new active senior residence that she'd scoped out. And she started a new life. Was it easy for her? Probably not. No easier than it would have been for any of us. But I think a part of her said, I was happy here. I'm going to create happiness there. And She called it her cruise ship <laughs> because it had everything she needed. And so she embraced that fully. She, embraced, she lived fully here and she embraced that. I want to live like that. I want to live like that because that's letting life take us forward. Really allowing it to soar. So I want to go through some areas where you may want to reflect on this. Some of these areas may be ripe for you to pull that release mechanism. Seize opportunity and release. The first is roles. Roles. Now that's not that stuff that shows up in our midsection. That (laughs) Try as we might, pulling the release lever is really tough on that. No, the roles we play. The roles that we play. Most of the roles in our lives, we assume with great heart, they're beautiful, they matter, and they do still have a shelf life of a certain time. And once it's reached that end of that shelf life, it's important to either release the role or more more commonly to transform it or evolve the role. And there's so many roles we all play. Every one of us plays multiple roles. And it's time to go in and say, am I just doing it because I've always done it this way? Or is it time for this to shift? I've thought of some of them that are examples. One is parenting. Oh, it's very important as parents to uh, let the parenting role evolve. Yet I know some parents are still trying to run their kids' lives. They're adults now doing their thing. They're still running their lives as though they were teenagers. When really the goal of a parent is to not be needed anymore. The goal of a parent is to bring the young person to the place where they pull the release mechanism and they start soaring free in their life. And Erica and I have had that experience. We now know of ourselves in the parenting role as more like consultants who receive minimal requests for our services. (laughs) And we... Just bless all their decisions and choices. Biting our tongue a lot. My tongue's, about, my tongue's about an inch shorter than it was. But we don't meddle. And we don't do that stuff. Because we want them. That's their life. It's their life. The same could be said for children who need to be booted out of the nest. Who've become dependent in their life. I've always loved what Khalil Gibran and the prophet wrote. You, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. Sometimes we have to pull the release lever and do things a different way. And yet it's progress. So many of these different role type situations. For me in the professional area, I got the deep guidance that though I loved what I was doing and had been doing for 43 years in the formal ministry and 25 years at the helm here with so much support of great ministers and practitioners and board members and it was, a, it was idyllic, and yet something in me just kept saying, and now you need to step from that role and do discovery work of your own. And that's not going to happen when you're so immersed in such a demanding role, and you need to do this. And I fought it for a while. And We should all be compassionate with ourselves when we fight the guiding light that says, it's time to soar. But finally, I agreed and allowed it to happen. And I know the first year it was quite interesting learning how to fly in that new experience, but then it's been so much nicer. And I still do some webinars and classes and I help out around here and meditation retreat and the foundation. Um, And and there's so much deepening going on in me. Um, And, you know, I'm an ordained minister, so I'll be ministering for life and I still do weddings and funerals and all that stuff. And yet, there's another uh, experience happening. It's much like what a colleague of mine, Sig Paulson, the late uh, Sig Paulson, he was a wonderful New Thought writer and he built some strong ministries. uh, And he writes that there was a time he came back from an extensive trip in Europe and the next day after he got home, he couldn't get out of bed. The doctors checked him out and said uh, he was on the verge of a heart attack. And they prescribed bed rest and possible surgery. And this was shocking and yet opening to him. And he says, as he lay in bed recuperating, he wrote these words. Then a strange thing happened. I began discarding the roles I had been playing, the images I had projected to the world. I saw my husband image dissolve and drop away, my father image, my brother image, my son image, my family image, my social images, all dissolved and dropped away. Then my business image and my professional image, my work image followed the same pattern and dropped away. I saw the whole pattern of my life dissolving and dropping away, and suddenly I started to laugh because I saw the humor in my whole experience, how seriously I had played those roles, how diligently I had supported and insisted on many things that seemed so important and essential at the time, but now were being seen in a new perspective. And there I was, stripped naked, shorn of my roles and images with only my inner self to face the love that had created me. Now he recuperated, I will tell you. And he went back into many of those roles, but he had an experience of his essential self beyond those roles. I think we all need to have that from time to time. Lest we start identifying as those roles and forget that we're pure spirit. Inhabiting a role, but not being confined by it. Is there something about the roles you play that's time for the great shift, pulling that release mechanism? The second are the routes that we're taking, the pathways we've chosen for our life. I know many, many people who are very frustrated and dissatisfied with the path they have created, maybe their career or their vocation or whatever the path might be. And yet there's the resisting. It's familiar. Maybe they've even been good at it, gotten good at it. And there's the resistance to make the kind of changes that would satisfy the heart, allow a dream in the heart to come forth. And that's a sad thing. It's like a prison sentence almost. From my heart to yours, if you're in that situation, start working with that dream in your heart. And ask to be given the courage to pull the release lever when It's time to do that. When that path isn't good, maybe you come to a fork in the road and you're seeing that it's a road less traveled that you need to take. Claim the dream. It's not going to flourish when it's just a possibility, but you're living another life. You've got to pull the release mechanism. Let the dream be foremost. Free yourself I know of a guy who was a tremendous software engineer and he was making tons of money and supplying his family well. He was overworking. But his real dream when he really got honest with himself was to raise orchids. And he wanted to raise the best orchids anywhere and have a shop and a greenhouse to do that. Finally, he, his family told him, we'd love for you to do that. We don't care about all this stuff you've piled up around us. We want you and we don't get you. And we'll support you in this. And they opened up an incredible new chapter in their life. Scared him, but he did it. And I know many other examples like that right here, pulled that release lever. Maybe that's what's calling to you. Then in the area of relationships, there are times when it's important to soar free there as well. Some relationships, and I'm blessed to be in one, have a really long lifespan. As long as my days here, I'll be traveling with Erica But the good news about it is those kinds of relationships for us, they keep us growing. They've got the space to grow. They don't tap out. And I I pray that you're blessed with those kinds of relationships, whether it's a partnership, a marriage, whatever you've got going. But then in many other areas of our life, our romantic or our love relationships or in business and professional relationships, sometimes things run their course. I know of individuals who've come together not to be together all their days, but to bring certain lessons and insights and realizations to one another. And having served that, it's best that they be free. I know other uh, individuals, other couples, who've pulled the release lever on a former quality of their marriage and have reinvented and reenchanted it to a higher level, to a more effective level. Relationships will do that from time to time, whether it's business relationships, marriage relationships, sometimes it's friendships. Sometimes as we grow, we begin to realize that we're attracting new friends that relate to that expanded space. And there are some friendships of ours that will go the distance no matter how we grow, but then there's a number of them that we realize, okay, that was a part of a former chapter, and we can lovingly release that or at least shift it. And sometimes you feel guilty and obliged and all that stuff. But the truth is, as Emerson said, we can see our own growth in the successive choirs of our friends. It's like as we grow, our friendships shift. What if we allowed that rather than fought it? Always keeping our heart open to everybody. Yeah, relationships. I want to talk about another one, ruts. Oh, yeah, you know those deep ruts, the, the status stifling status quo, the stagnancy that we can cultivate in our life. I believe we get in ruts because it's a great way not to be vulnerable. It's a great way to hide out from the natural energies of change that want to go forward in our life. Is there a rut that you've been in? You got to get out of that rut. You can't. You can't say to the universe, well, I'll get out of it when you show me something better. No, no, no. You got to get out and find the better and soar, learn to fly in different territory than that familiar safe rut. Now, I want to talk a little bit here about COVID. Now, we all had to shift a lot of patterns and behaviors when COVID was in our midst. And so we pulled back. And we isolated and we quarantined and social distanced and and all of that, and no doubt it had its level of appropriateness. And then the, the most damaging wave of that began to pass, and though it's still a challenge for some, especially compromised individuals, it has opened us back to life. And yet there are many who stay in those ruts they stay in their ruts. It's like they pulled back and they recoiled and there's this fear of getting back into the flow fully of life. And I think it's time to look at that. I mean, take whatever precautions are appropriate to you individually and yet are you still in a pullback, hideout mentality in some area of your life? Luckily, it's not in attending church. You guys are here. and Man, am I glad to see that. God bless you for that. God bless you for that. But you know, there comes a time when we got to get out of our pajamas and get back in life, you know. And I love and bless you watching online, but if you're local, get out of your pajamas and get yourself over here to this church (laughs) and enjoy it. Because it leads me to the last aspect of this. It's religiosity. It's very important. Pull the release lever on religiosity because there's a difference between spiritual experience and religiosity. Just mouthing doctrines, um, assuming that what you've been told is the only truth. Every spiritual way calls us to deepen into the experience of the divine. And we don't do that just in our heads, we open our hearts, we take the classes we get involved, we open, and we let go of former shallow beliefs to deepen into ones that are more alive within us. One of the great good news is that there's a master pilot in the seat behind you in this life, as there was for me. And it's a voice of guidance and insight and courage and all the qualities of the divine. And we can access that and fly forward into the deepening that's here for us. And the reason I'm so stressing the importance of being here in person is that there's your private spiritual life when you go within, as it were, and you do your prayer work and your meditation work and that. And that's beautiful. And yet it reaches a top set if you don't have another component of spiritual practice, and that is spiritual community. That's why all of the great teachers have said, Go apart a while, but at the same time come together. We're two or more together. There's a higher state available. And so we come into community, and that supercharges our personal life. We go back and we deepen that. And then we come back into community, and that resources us and empowers us as well. And so we do all of this so that we're not just hanging out in superficial religiosity, but we're in the flow of the depths of spirit. Pull that release lever on that superficiality and open to the magnificence of a deep spiritual life, which is a great life, a good life, a creative life, a joyful life, a loving life. So as you think about these things, the the roles you play, the routes you've chosen, the, the relationships of various, various kinds, and the ruts and the religiosity, I just invite you to remember what was told to Abraham who ended up being the father of the three great monotheisms, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. At one point, he, wanted, he asked God for a son when he was 75, and his wife was 10 years younger, and God said, well, that'll be all right, but here i got a bigger idea. You're, you're, I want you to leave everything you've got. Leave your father's home and all the land and all the riches and all this stuff, and I want you and your wife, I want you to leave, and I'll tell you later where I want you to go. Now, how many would accept that? Pull that release lever. But he did it. He obeyed. He obeyed. But he went forth with these promises from God that are made to you when you, in any area of your life, pull that release lever. God said to Abraham, you'll be guided. You'll be changed into more of what you are. And you'll be blessed into blessing. So whatever comes forth in your heart, Remember that. Just silently say to yourself, I will be guided together. I will be guided. I will be changed. I will be be blessed blessed and a blessing. Soar. Let's have a prayer. may we now still the mind and move to the precious heart center. We know God in the heart, for God is love. So we allow our hearts to open and quicken, even more so, that we might sense the loving presence that has birthed us of its own essence, provides us many channels of support, many tow planes along the way, and yet knows we're meant to soar, to fly, to reveal more of the capacities, the beauty, the uniqueness woven into the very fabric of our being, sense that loving essence that ever proclaims thou art my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. Ah, may a certain passion for life and a heartfelt courage well up within us to fully cooperate with this unfoldment within. To know that there's a season for all things and that there's always a new spring. And so I bless us as we partner even more fully with that God seed that it bears even greater fruition throughout our precious and needed lives. So I affirm and know that in the ways guided to pull the release mechanism and soar, I know we are empowered from the depths of the true being within us, the innate courage, creativity, and guidance lead us forward As we willingly allow a metamorphosis from caterpillar to butterfly in some area. As we willingly let God be God in us. I know every step of the way the Master Pilot guides and supports. And may we thrill at all that can be as we let go of what was. And so for this deep inspiration and all we do with it I firm and know we're blessed and guided, surely. And it's a beautiful thing to soar. And we bless anyone who is hurting anywhere that they might feel and be open to the waves of love and support that move from this center of light through us all. We give thanks for the steady emergence of the awakening of humankind such that peace and well-being can proliferate around the planet for all people. Peace, peace, peace. And may we feel grateful that what we're knowing and accepting now is the truth unfolding by means of us. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you, God. We let this go and let it be so. And so it is. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.